Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear ye. Aye, aye, Captain. Who records a podcast from over the sea? Ian's Buck and Decker. Whose brains are fried and has finals this week? Ian's Buck and Decker. When audio nonsense is something you wish. Ian's Buck and Decker. Then this episode is for you. Hey there, Mitch. Ian's Buck and Decker. Ian's Buck and Decker. This is 8-Bit, episode 99, Two of You, One of Me, on Sunday, December 14th, 2014, and now, a stick big enough for the two of us. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. <laughs> we're getting off sync. This is as we're from over the sea. It's not going to work very well. <laughs> we tried. And partially succeeded. Mostly succeeded. It worked out better than I was anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you you anticipate and compensate for the slight lag, you know you can you can actually start singing the next line before the last person stopped from your perspective. But it'll work out from Ryan's perspective, which is the only one that really matters. Well, here's the question though, because a lot about music is anticipation. Um, but how big is the lag going to be? What? Shun. <laughs> Haven't you seen that? Shun? Shun, Say that yeah. with your deep voice again. Your deep voice is funny. Uh, <laughs> because it's not real. in anticipation. Oh, patient. I thought you said pain-tion. No! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm sort of like George Decay. <laughs> no, that was supposed to be a reference to, um, um, what's it called? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. Yes. I actually haven't seen that, believe it or not. Oh. Okay, you know what? You know what feedback we're going to get now? Sonya's going to be disowning you and telling you that you need to watch it with us at some point. Well, she won't disown me because she just needs to sit and force me to watch it. Exactly. Well, yeah. She also told me to disown Klutz though when Klutz didn't understand that Ned Stark is not from Star Trek. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was part of the Marvel universe. Actually, actually, the conversation that led up to that did have to do with the Marvel Universe, because I was talking about fictional characters that I use as moral compasses. So I was talking about Steve Rogers and Ned Stark, and when I said Ned Stark, she was like, oh, I don't watch Star, Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, klutz. It's, it, it kind of blows my mind that somebody can be that far removed from my world. You know, to to not know, me. yeah, <laughs> where oh, major characters are from. <laughs> oh well. No, thank you. I mean, on the other hand, I know absolutely nothing about K-pop, so I can't contribute to any conversations that she tries to have with me about K-pop. Is it like Korean pop music, that stuff? Yeah. Uh, Correct. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know <laughs> anything about that either. As a musician, I refuse to know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. That applies to all most pop music, though, doesn't it? There's some pop music that's actually kind of fun. I'm not, um, no, I'm not too persnickety. I don't have too big of a stick up my butt, but that's okay. I'll have a stick big enough for both of us. Oh my! <laughs> this week on Eight Bit, it's BYOS. Bring your own stick. <laughs> all right. So speaking of listener feedback, we have none. I'm pretty sure that neither of our two listeners gave us feedback this week. It, that's too bad. Oh, well. We'll have to say more controversial and uh, interesting things this week so that they actually respond to us, right? Women right. are bad and don't deserve to do anything other than be in the kitchen. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's not exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, since, remember, one of our pieces of feedback last week was, hey, you didn't tell us what the song was from the last episode. We need to tell them what the song was from the last episode. I don't remember. Ryan, what was it? Ryan doesn't know either. Uh, oh, well. I, I do actually history. I do actually know, actually. Do. So, if you recall last week, I think there was some kind of game show. Is yes. That, is that right? The Game Awards show, uh, yeah. And, and so, in the news, you didn't actually talk about any actual games, as it turns out. So, I had to <laughs> dig around in your game show section to uh, do that. I think it had something to do with Dragon Age something or something. It was some ah, kind of main sense. theme music for that game. Wait, the dawn will come? 
I don't that know one? anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to that right now. But remember, everybody, if you can guess what the uh, the song is at the end, you get a free game from me. And that's like a standing offer. So I think maybe we'll just stop telling you what the what the song was every single week unless somebody tries to guess, you know, or or actually figure it out. That would be cool. But I guess that's a lot of effort for people to go to. <sighs> yeah. So we're going to move on to headlines right now. And if you want to see the links to all of these wonderful articles that we gathered throughout the week, and by that I mean all of them today, go to thenexus.tv slash eb99 to read them all. So the first one is kind of sad. The Witcher 3 is getting pushed back yet again. This time it's going to be releasing on May 19th, 2015. Its original release date was supposed to be, you know, sometime by the end of 2014, and then they pushed it back to January, or no, February, sorry, and now they're pushing it back to May, so that's a whole other three months on top of the original pushback. Oh, that was making my brain hurt. What was? I was listening to the other episode, or the very end of it, trying to find the musical part, (laughs) and we were on the part where you were talking about how your mom has bad brand recognition, so I was hearing two voices of you at the same time, and I wasn't (laughs) sure which one to listen to. (laughs) That's far too many Ian Bucks for one person to handle. Well, I mean, you're so skinny that you combine two of you, and then you got one of me, so... I'm twice the man you are, Buck. I think we've made that joke enough times already. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah, so um, there is a community-made movie for TF2 that was recently released. Um, It's called End of the Line. It's like 15 minutes long, so it's the longest and probably the best well done. Best well done. Yes, I like just how I like my steaks. Now shut up. (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, just full disclosure I'm feeling like a snarky SOB today so <laughs> I might be like this all evening <laughs> don't worry I'll throw it right back <laughs> beautiful don't worry I'm not worrying so what's up with the end of the line so it's a community made movie that as I said was like 15 minutes long or 14 minutes long sorry it's it's really well done both in terms of audio and sort of the story that's there, the animation, everything with it was really well done. Um, and then another really cool thing that's coming with it is there's a whole bunch of um, items that are being released. Mm-hmm. So there's, let's see, the pool party, which is a taunt for the pyro, where the pyro sits in a little pool and plays with the rubber ducky. Um, the crossing guard, which is a melee weapon, it's a railroad crossing sign. And then stuff like a a floating rubber ducky and a I don't know a sun hovering above your head is what that looked like I don't know um, I didn't <laughs> know about the the items and stuff that's really cool yeah uh but it's it, it's a community made thing that's just I don't know it's it it's cool to watch so I encourage you all to go and check it out and maybe purchase one or two of the items and yeah, yeah. good stuff good stuff and especially at the very least watch the video because it's really good so. This week, there's a new mod coming out that, well, already came out. Actually, it's in beta. I can't get my story straight. It's in beta right now. It'll come out at some point fully, you know, whatever. It's called Lambda Wars, and it is a real-time strategy game set in the Half-Life universe. Uh, I believe it takes place around the time of Half-Life 2. And it's made in the Alien Swarm engine. So if you'll recall, Alien Swarm was that top-down, like, isometric uh, shooter that uh, or twin stick shooter that Valve came out with that was uh, free to play. So you actually don't need to own any games that cost money in order to play this mod. Ooh. And yeah, I'm I'm intrigued and I might check it out if I have time. But yes. there's so many games that I actually have paid money for that I feel like dedicating my time. To. <laughs> that you know, RTS is I know RTSs at least aren't really my thing. Mm. Yeah, I haven't really been huge into any RTSs since Command and Conquer Generals, which was a long, long time ago. Mm. In a galaxy far away. (laughs) Alright, so speaking of... Well, actually, not really speaking of anything. Going back to the song that we were talking about, Dragon Age Inquisition. So it's been a little bit buggy, and so there was just a new patch that was released this week. So if you've been playing and experiencing problems... Um, they've been focusing on, let's see, stability, so various crashes, freezes, um, and other little glitches. 
Um, some gameplay, some conversations and quests. Um, follow an enemy AI in pathfinding, stuff like that. Have you encountered any of these problems that they're patching? My biggest issue that I've found... Uh, well, okay, it's crashed on me once, I think. But the biggest issue that I have is occasionally it makes it so that I can't click on things. That sounds like a rather important thing to be able to do. But it's very specific things. It's either my characters... Um, I, I can't switch between characters and controlling okay. different characters sometimes, or I cannot, if there is a um, conversation, I cannot click on the different dialogue options. I have to use the arrows. Though mm-hmm. I, I, I have found a couple of ways around these just to sort of reset stuff. So I can alt-tab out of the game and then pop back into the conversation, and then I can click on things, but it's just a little annoying to do that. Interesting. And then I've, uh, I did a quick save and a quick load, and I was able to use my characters again, so it's just, it was interesting. But I'm just thankful, thankful that it hasn't happened when I've been fighting any dragons yet. <laughs> so that might be an issue. Yeah, those conversation options with dragons is, are pretty important. Well, I'm talking about more the character selection because, yeah. hey, <laughs> dragons like to blow fire at things, and I need to be able to tell my guys to move out of the way instead of just standing there and shooting at it more. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? So this week's most unfortunate news, and especially in your opinion is that uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, the sequel to, you know, the, the reboot that came... Was it 2013? Was that last year? Something like that. Um, it's going to be a, an exclusive on Xbox, a timed exclusive. Actually, that part of the news came out during the summer. But this week, we found out that Microsoft is actually publishing Rise of the Tomb Raider on Xbox. Now... Because we know that there is, you know, a duration to this deal, it is almost certain that Rise of the Tomb Raider will be coming to PC. Um, somewhat better. less certain about PS4, but I, I would say that that's likely because it sounds like Square Enix will actually be publishing it on any other platforms that it comes out on. But we don't know that for sure because... I'm sure, as per their agreement with Microsoft, they're literally not talking about anything except for their deal with Microsoft. Yeah. Because, you know, if they if they went out and were, like, trumpeting, oh, this is an exclusive for Xbox for, you know, six months, then everybody would be like, oh, that's fine, I can wait six months. But, you know, when you don't know how long it's going to be, then people start to get antsy. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised that Microsoft won't be taking over the PC port, though. Uh, well, they might, they might. Because um, I know... Uh, let's see, for example, Rise Son of Rome, I think, was published by Microsoft on PC as well. Hmm. But, you know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Now, EA, the other company that we love to hate, they <laughs> actually, are actually... For hmm? the most part. Yeah, but, you know, like, people in general, it's, it's, it's a trope of, yeah. you know, people digging on EA for things. Yeah. Uh, this week, you know, EA is doing something very, very nice. They're giving away SimCity 2000 for free. So go ahead and uh, pick that up. That's I hear that that's an oldie and a goodie. I, actually, I, I think that's the one that Andrew Bailey has been playing on his 20th century computer, if I remember correctly. <laughs> he, he fired up SimCity 2000 at some at one point. Mm. Oh, I, I've never really played much in the way of Sims or SimCities. Yeah. For like, there, there was an ant... One that I played once. Where you have to, like, optimize a, an ant colony? Yeah, something like that. And what I would do is... Well, you had to go and take over the other ant colonies, essentially. <laughs> and so what I would do is, because you could control individual ants, is I would go out and I would find the daddy longlegs that was there, which was sort of just the hunter, and I found that you could actually control the daddy longlegs. So I just went and sent the daddy longlegs over to the enemy's nest and just went ham. How? What? That, sound, that seems really imbalanced. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was silly. Oh well. Uh, oh yes, this one. This this is a good one. So I believe it was was it last week or two weeks ago that we talked about that dragon cancer. One of the two. One of the two. Which was a love letter to his son. It's just I'm happy to report that it has made its goal and surpassed it by about twenty thousand. Out of eighty five thousand dollars, which was the original goal, it got one almost one hundred and five thousand. Very nice. Very nice. So, I like that. Cool. That's kind of that's in the sweet spot of they made their goal, but they didn't go too far over where they're going to have to make a whole bunch of other features and stuff that you know, as promised in stretch goals or whatever. Yeah. 
So it's just yeah, and it's 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 a good cause for a game, and it'll it'll be a feely feelsy game, but mm-hmm. I like feelsy games. Yes. So, and since you backed it, you'll get a copy of it, I believe, Indeed. right? Indeed. Yes. So. Yep. No idea when it'll come out. Probably not for a while, but that's the nature of Kickstarter, though. It's that's the nature of Kickstarter. It's a an extreme pre-order. <laughs> yes. For a good cause. So, well, yeah, sometimes. sometimes. In this case, yes. <laughs> So the Game Awards, they they told us a, a few, you know, numbers. They had almost 2 million viewers throughout the night, and uh, that's actually, I think, like 75% higher than the video game, the, than the VGAs typically had before, which, is, and, and most of the viewers, you know, liked it. They, they, um, they had a, what is it, a, a marketing firm or something that was, you know, monitoring social media reactions to the Game Awards. Uh, throughout the night, and they said that like 96% of it was positive. Awesome. So yeah, it was it was a good show, and uh, hopefully this is encouraging enough for Joff Ke- Knightley, Ke- whatever his name is, to to you know keep doing it in future years. Let's hope. <clears throat> also, Sony is going to be bringing the PlayStation 4 and the Vita to China in on January 11th, so they'll be following. The Xbox, which has already, I think it was back in September that they launched uh, the Xbox in China. Something like that. Sounds like, yeah, and it sounds like Sony is planning on having a lot more, like, you know, publishers and developers from from outside of China as well as inside China there to support the console. And I believe that they're also, in addition to selling the black and white versions, they're also going to be having one with, like, a dragon print on it, which sounds sick. Mm. It's, I like dragon prints. Dragon prints. Almost makes me want to wish. Or it almost makes me wish that I lived in China, except that then I wouldn't be able to use Google, and then I wouldn't be able to survive. <laughs> I mean, I have a friend who's over there teaching right now. I have been kind of wondering recently if I go to China, what on earth will my Android phone do? How will it react? <laughs> what What happens when it doesn't have? Contact with Google servers. It will now address you as Ian the Betrayer. <laughs> oh, oh that yeah. Sounds like a Marvel villain name. Ian the Betrayer. Buck the Betrayer. Betrayer Buck. <laughs> I'll call you the Big D and you call me Betrayer Buck. Got it. For our super villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know what your costume would look like. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a nose. <laughs> That's no nose. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm excited so, for this one, and it's out, so I might buy it. So there's a game that's sort of got a remake. Um, it's called the original Strife, Veteran Edition. So Strife was a first-person shooter RPG game that was from the mid-1990s. It came out in 1996. Um and the reason why I'm excited for it is because, okay, so listeners, remember all the way back to episode one, where we were talking about how we got introduced to video games. And I said that one of the things that I did is I would play games with my dad, and he would run around and control the characters, and I would be able to press the shoot button. <laughs> that was my first intro. This was the game that we did that with. Nice. Well, so, obviously, the original, original Strife. Yes, the original, Not- original Strife. <laughs> Not this one, but... So it's gotten some updated textures, um, but that's really about it. And you can, those are optional, too. You don't have to have those on. Um, and textures, I mean, like, they've just smoothed out the amount of pixels that there are. <laughs> right. But, oh, I am... Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, video. Very, very 90s shooter. Yes. But I'm going to have to pick this up and then have my dad come up and watch and play. <laughs> Nostalgia. Oh, yes. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped for this. So Nikki Case, you might remember him because last time I brought him up, I accidentally called him Nikki Cage, and you thought <laughs> that I was talking about like somebody with the same name as the actor. Yeah. Uh, but no. So Nikki Case and uh, Vi Hart have collaborated on a project. It's a it's a website called Parable of the Polygons, and it is kind of an educational game demonstrating how low levels of prejudice lead to large amounts of spatial segregation in the world. 
Hmm. And it's it's a really interesting like and and like they go about showing this in a very very cutesy way because you have these these shapes you know they're they're either triangles or squares and um you know obviously those are metaphors for you know different uh, different races of people and each each in each scenario they have like some level of preference so like at the beginning they they like will be unhappy if they're not surrounded if they're surrounded by um like more than two thirds of the other type of shape, then they're unhappy and you have to move them somewhere else. And you wouldn't think you would think that like having a one third preference for your own shape isn't that much, right? Mm-hmm. But when you start to increase like the population level, it creates, you know, big areas of just complete segregation. Hmm. And yeah, so Definitely go check it out. It's you know a, a real quick like five minutes. You can you can you know go through it and and see all of the different demonstrations. But I thought it was a, it was a good good use of modern web technology and gamification to educate people on good social issues. And by good mm-hmm. social issues, I mean very bad ones, but ones that are important for people to know about. <laughs> yes. Now for something that's near and dear to my heart, Star Wars. Do you remember the trailer that came out a couple of weeks ago that we watched together? Yeah. So, yeah, Disney has announced what the names of most of the characters are that appeared in that trailer. So the droid that was like a little head on a ball that rolled uh, is called BB-8. The X-Wing pilot that we saw, his name is Poe Dameron, Dameron, something like that. The Sith guy with the crazy lightsaber is Kylo Ren, and the lady on the speeder is Rey. Oh, and the uh, stormtrooper in the desert at the beginning of it is named Finn. Mm-hmm. And they actually they announced these by releasing these like retro-themed Star Wars trading cards, which are, you know are su- specifically supposed to look just like the trading cards that were released way back in like the 80s or whatever during the original trilogy. Which is pretty cool. I've never, I've never actually seen any of those cards in real life. But uh, the Star Wars Google Plus um, account, you know, occasionally posts pictures of retro-style trading cards, just like them. Yeah. Trading cards, trading cards. Of Speaking course. Of trading still, cards. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, oh, that's, wait, perfect. Are, that's perfect. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like you landed it or something. Weird. Weird. So a new game that's sort of come out, the alpha and the beta have been released, um, which you guys can go in and sign up for and go and pay five bucks and then you get in. Oh, joy. It's called Scrolls. I think we've talked about it before. In fact, I know we've talked about it before. It's the the TCG-like game that's made by Mojang. Um, so it's just you can come try out. There's, there's a free demo version. Then you can upgrade to the full version uh, and you'll get, you'll eventually get, once it gets fully released, and the alpha and the beta testers will get that full release version as well. Um, so, uh, oh wait, or is it just straight up out? I think it might just be straight up out. Oh. I think that the beta was already going on. If I, I don't, I don't actually remember that much about this. Actually, it looks like it's straight up out, looking at the site. So, Hearthstone mixed with board games where you play cards, create units, and then the units do battle, and it looks like you have different towers that you have to defend, and where you place your units will defa- depend, or will affect which towers can be defended where and all that fun stuff. So it looks interesting. You know, I can't so, help but wonder if this, like, the timing of their release is really, really unfortunate, because, you know, we, we've been hearing about this game for several years, and then... Hearthstone comes along before they fully release it and like steal all of the the momentum of you know the the trading card craze because let's face it Hearthstone was like the first time that a trading card based game was made really really well in a completely digital form yeah because like the the Magic the Gathering video games were kind of eh. left some stuff to be desired yeah yeah mm-hmm. well this one's a little bit different. Um, as I said, there's, there's the mechanics of Hearthstone and the mechanics of this one are different. Mm-hmm. Um, in that this one is a, it, it acts more like a tabletop game. 
played with cards, essentially. Right, game. yeah. And I'm not saying that, it, that you know, they can't coexist, but can you imagine if Scrolls had come out a year ago before Hearth- the Hearthstone craze started? Like, they could have been the only ones in that space for a while. They could have. But Mojang takes its time to make a quality game. In theory, yeah. So, so Oculus, the uh, the company who makes the Oculus Rift, which I've been playing with for a couple, well, yeah, about a month now, they have made some interesting acquisitions this week. They bought Nimble VR, who are it's a startup that's been working on making a hand sensor specifically for the Oculus Rift. And uh, man, that would have just been perfect for my project because uh, if you'll remember. It, we're making like a a master hand game where you're trying to fight other uh, little characters on a on a platform in front of you by hitting them with your hands. And so we've been using the Kinect. But if we just had this this sensor that's dedicated, that's meant for being used with the Oculus VR, that would probably have been much better. <laughs> <laughs> because we've we've struggled with a couple of things like. Um, you know, the, the Oculus Development Kit 2 has this camera that you have to stay in front of, that, and the camera helps to not only do, um, you know, head head tracking, like, in rotation, but also positional tracking. So if you, like, lean from side to side, it'll capture that movement. And the range that the Kinect has is much farther than the range that that camera has. So when we're playing, we have to have somebody standing in front of the player holding the camera for the Oculus Rift in front oh. of their head. It's really funny. So it's a multiplayer game. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork. Um, Oculus also bought a oh, a group that's been working on a 3D reconstruction framework, uh, I believe, for real-life buildings. So, like, you know, you would be able to explore... Um, scale replicas of like the Colosseum or the Great Pyramids or something um, in virtual reality. And then finally, they also hired a guy named Chris Bregler who does a lot of motion capture stuff. Awesome. So that's, yeah, wonder where they're going with that. I was reminded of something from high school when we were talking about that. Um, so I remember there was a homecoming game where the football cheering section was Coming up with some of the more interesting cheers that I still chuckle at today. Um, so, like, it was, give me an O, O, give me an R, R, give me a G, G, give me a Y, Y, what's that spell? Orgy, what does that mean? Teamwork. <laughs> and condom, what's that mean? Defense. And whatnot, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that also reminds me, this week, um, on Friday evening, I was going to go downtown to go grocery shopping so I go to the bus stop and then one of my friends who was there was like oh hey you going to the basketball game and I'm like what basketball game and they're like oh you got to come to the basketball game it's the last one of the season you haven't been to the basketball games yet oh man (laughs) and so they dragged me off to this basketball game this uh, women's basketball game and uh, I gathered that basketball is really really popular in Spain because about half of the people in the in the chanting squad, which is what I was being dragged into, uh, or Spanish. <laughs> that was that was pretty amusing. Awesome. Wait, this was while you were in Sweden? Yeah, this yeah this was in town. Huh. Like yeah, a bunch a bunch of the exchange students have been going to the local basketball games because. I think for one thing they really like basketball, but also because the uh, the university's reception committee like got us free tickets to oh. all of the games if we're in the if if we will are going to be the chant squad. So you know we have like <laughs> our own section. we're all standing there with like flags and and a drum and a bunch of noisemakers and stuff and yeah we we led the entire arena in pumped up songs. <laughs> About I how like we're gonna it. win. <laughs> I like it a lot. It was an experience, and so you know, so you might have seen some pictures of me with uh, you know, face paint on and stuff, and standing. not yet. I haven't, but that'll probably change soon. Yeah. Now, another thing that might be changing soon is the fortunes of the Xbox One. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So as we may have mentioned before, the PlayStation 4 has been outselling the Xbox One pretty consistently throughout, like, their whole existence. And uh, this month, well, last month, November, 
the Xbox One actually had its best month ever, and they outsold the PS4 for the first time since January. And, uh, of course, the the two factors, really, that contributed to that was they dropped the price temporarily to $350, so undercutting the, the PlayStation 4 for the first time in history. And they also... Time in forever. And they were also offering a free game with it. And I, I, I think you had, like, a choice of, you know, like, three or four games or something that you got with it. Ooh. Ooh. Of course, those deals are gone and over, I think, because I think that was just for November, probably Black Friday. And, uh, oh, screw Black Friday. Black Friday? Black Friday. Black Friday. Oh my gosh, did I mention what Cards Against Humanity did this year for Black... Black now I can't say it, Black Friday. <laughs> I don't know if you did, but I definitely know what they did. Okay, yeah. So last year what they did was they, they sold the game, Cards Against Humanity, for $5 more than usual. This year what they did was they got rid... They, they didn't sell Cards Against Humanity. Instead, they said, we will sell you some bullshit. And it was literally a box. Of bullshit. Of bullshit. <laughs> of cow poop that they bought from a very nice rancher in Texas, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and and some people some, somehow didn't realize that they were being serious about what they were what they were buying. So <laughs> so they tried to cancel their orders, but uh, you know, Cards Against Humanity wasn't going to have any of that. No, no, no. You you got to get the uh, the cow poop that you ordered. Yep. <laughs> yep. And actually, so. Earlier, they were doing the 10 days of or whatever of Kwanzaa, a.k.a. the holiday bullshit package. Um, and so when I read an article about them selling people actual bullshit, I got really, really concerned that I had accidentally purchased that <laughs> and that Sonia was going to be getting boxes of cow poop at her door throughout the <laughs> month of December. <laughs> but luckily, they were different things. <laughs> Good job. I thought so. Good job. But no, crisis averted. She's actually been getting really funny things in the mail. Uh, some of them have been, you know, unique cards for Cards Against Humanity. Others have been uh, things like like uh, reusable stickers that she can put up. <laughs> We're talking. We've been talking about all of the places around campus that she could put these stickers, like not fit for human consumption, going into food service and sticking <laughs> that on some of the <laughs> some of the serving areas um, for rectal use only. <laughs> Stick that on you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That is exactly what she she thought of. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Today uh today I think she got uh a package of a bunch of comics by various web comics writers. Awesome. Yeah, which yeah. I kind of I knew that that one was coming because Wondermark mentioned it on their website uh a few days ago that the that he wrote uh, one of the comics for the 10 days or whatever of Kwanzaa. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so how many days are left? Uh, well, so it, it's like a they they're sending you stuff throughout the month of December. Yeah. So once she leaves Morris, the uh one of her housemates is actually staying over Christmas break, so there'll just be a bunch of stuff at home waiting for her when she gets back in January. But yeah, awesome. Uh, we some. Now, another important question to ask in December is, when is the Steam holiday sale going to start? Oh, and usually... Second. What? I said, oh, wait a second. <laughs> well, no, it hasn't started yet. Hasn't. So, usually, we don't know when the holiday sale starts until after it has started. But, this year, Steam started something called the, ho uh, the Steam holiday auction a few days before. So, the holiday auction is running from the 15th tomorrow until the 18th. And then after that finishes, that's when the actual holiday sale starts. Now, the auction is different from anything that they have ever done before. And it's a little bit confusing, but I spent a, a, over an hour this morning figuring out exactly what was going on, you know, what kinds of things you can do with this event, how the math works out in all of the different situations. And I come to you with an unwritten report totally off of, <laughs> off of memory. So basically what it is, is they have a bunch of, of games 
that you can bid on. Uh, it's, there's, I think it's 200,000 titles throughout the store are available. So not everything, like for example, there are a lot of recent releases and future releases that aren't available, but the vast majority of things that, that were, for example, on my wish list are, are available. Now, you can't bid on them with real money. You bid on them with a currency called gems. And the gems are just, were just created. Uh, I don't know, I, th- I think they'll be lasting at least through the holiday sale. I'm not sure if the gems will persist after that. But you get gems by taking your community items and crafting them into gems. Now, this is perfect for a person like me who has spent a very long time, um, you know, crafting, uh, getting trading cards, crafting them into badges, and getting things like the, ba- the profile backgrounds and um, emoticons for the Steam community, and I have more of those than I know what to do with, you know, like, I can only use one background at a time, most of the backgrounds that I have are fairly stupid, and nobody's buying them, they're worth, you know, like, five cents a piece or so, but even if I sold it at that price, which is undercutting all of the other sellers, it would take me a long time to sell my backgrounds and stuff. So this is giving people like me, you know, a chance to actually get rid of those and get something that's that's worth something. Now, with the gems, in addition to being able to uh, um, bid on games with them, you will you could also sell them on the on the community market. Um, they're they're quite a hot commodity right now because a lot of people are buying them up so that they can bid on games. I, I assume that that's why they're mm-hmm. buying them. You can also uh, once you have a thousand gems, you can craft that into a booster pack for the game for a game of your choice so you get more trading cards from a game of your choice which is much much better than getting random ones so i've i i so when you do the math and you compare the amount that the gems are selling for it's um the the price actually peaked a few hours before i found out about the whole auction thing <laughs> so unfortunately i couldn't go and sell them for as much as they you know uh, are possibly worth um but still at the time that i was that i started um the so it, most most items so okay most items when you when you craft them into badges you get either 80 for for a normal item or 100 if it's an item that you got during you know one of the other steam events like their summer sale or holiday sale or whatever in the past mm-hmm. uh, and so obviously obviously the ones from previous events are definitely worth crafting into gems you'll never be able to sell them for as much cash as the gems are worth that you get out of them other items it's close you you lose like a few cents but that's a lot better than not being able to sell the items at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you could craft as many of them into gems as possible and then sell them on the market, but I don't know. It's uh, you it's one it's one approach, um, but it's not one that I would necessarily take. Oh, look at that. So I just looked again and actually the downward trend that was going on this morning in the price has stabilized and they so the prices are now a little bit higher than when I when I first looked. They're they're going for about sixty six cents a piece a piece now instead of sixty one cents. So actually, actually yeah. Um. If, so if you have any items that you aren't using that will give you eighty eighty gems or a hundred gems for sure, turn them into gems because then then you could get like the more than or about the same as their value is in in just cash. Oh. Obviously, when you when you bid on a game, you're not sure exactly how much, how many gems you're going to be spending there. So the value of the gems is kind of variable, you know, because the the game has a, a certain real world value, and then but the, and then depending on how many gems you actually bid, and if you get the game, you know, then then the value of the gems can be much much greater than they would be normally selling them on the market. Yeah. Um. But that entirely depends on how much other people bid. So I don't know if you want to rely on that. The um, that I saw was somewhere around like 100,000 gems. Yeah, that's that's going to be for um, a fairly popular game. Some of the some of the lesser popular games on my wish list, the top bid is uh, in like the 6,000s to 10,000, hmm. and that's that's much more reasonable because for me, with all of the 
um, gems that I that I crafted. I have almost 6,000 of them, and you don't have to be the top bid right now because um, the way that it works is the so the, this first bidding um, period will end at I believe it's 4:45 Pacific time tomorrow morning, and uh, and then and then every 45 minutes after that. Um, you know, a new a new winner is chosen from the existing bids, right? Mm. And so, so you just basically you don't have to go in there and like bid over and over again. If you put in a maximum bid on the list, then you, that bid will carry over until you win, right? And if if you are the top bidder and the and the next top bidder isn't anywhere close to you, they actually won't take the full number of gems from you that you bid. They'll take like they'll take what the next bidder said plus like I think it's just plus one and that's how many gems uh, are deducted from your account and then the remainder go back into your inventory. Awesome. So that's that's nice. Yes. Um. So I think I'm going to bid on a few of the games that I that I you know have on my wish list and then probably the remainder of the gems that I have I'll use on booster packs because let's be honest I'm a little crazy and I really you know want to have more badges and, you know, higher steam level and more interesting backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, you're crazy. I am. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the gems will be for once the auction ends and the holiday sale starts, but it, it, it could be that you'll be able to use them for other things. I know that for sure after the auction ends, you'll still be able to use them to craft them into trading or, uh, yeah, booster packs. So, yeah, I'm I'm probably going. Yeah, if if I were you, and you have a bunch of community items laying around, craft them craft them into gems, and then, uh, yeah, bid on the auctions because you're you're not going to be able to use more gems there. That like you're not going to lose value on the gems when you get real games. And then as a fallback, um, craft them into into uh trading card booster packs. Because by the time the auctions close, I'm guessing that they're not going to be selling for 66 cents a piece the, uh, for a thousand gems. Yeah, their yeah their value will probably drop at that point unless Valve does something crazy. Which Valve, I wouldn't be too surprised if Valve did something crazy either. Yeah, Space I love I I love how Valve just like gather like I swear they do these experiments just to gather data on how people react to different economic situations. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised. In fact, you could probably get some really interesting psychological studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as much as Google would love to know about um, my purchasing habits, I bet you that Steam knows more. Yes. <laughs> or Valve, rather, yeah. Yes. So have you been playing any interesting games this week? I mean, I've just been plowing through Dragon Age. Oh, yeah. Dragon Age Inquisition. Have you have you reached the end of your first playthrough yet? Because I I know that you started creating your Bucky character before you finished the first playthrough, right? Bucky has been completed, but I have not gone through my first playthrough. Um, according to this, I currently have, and keep in mind this is also, um, with a few hours away and sleeping and whatnot. So I'm going to detract or subtract about ten hours from this, <laughs> and that still puts me at about fifty-six hours. That's pretty impressive. And I'm not done yet. I'm hyper-leveled for where I'm supposed to be in the story, but I'm not done yet. Because <laughs> I'm going through and I'm doing all of the side quests. Because that's sort of how my brain works. It's like, ah, you can leave the little things that you can't do anything. Away well, with. yeah, and, and in Bioware games, sometimes it's actually important to do the side quests first because occasionally they'll have unexpected things like... Um, like in Mass Effect, for example, Mass Effect 3, there was the the mission where you come back to the Citadel and you uh, all of a sudden like have to drop everything and start hunting down a particular politician who was turning bad. And there yeah. are a bunch of side quests that if you didn't do them before before that, you can't do them anymore. Yeah. And since since that was a main quest that doesn't trigger by you like going and starting the main quest, it starts it it triggers by you just going to the citadel. There's yeah. no way to do those side quests anymore. Nope. So yeah. You're you're I think you're taking the right approach. However, Bucky will be a little bit more of a rushed rushed playthrough. As should I we, always am. Should we throw a couple of pictures of Bucky up? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. In the meantime, 
I've also been perusing, not perusing, um, what would I call it? Consuming, that's a good one, consuming some good Bioware uh, mythology. So, as you may recall, I mentioned that on uh, Cyber Monday, did, uh, Dark Horse had half off of their entire store, so I bought all of the Mass Effect comics, and I plowed through most of them this week, and they are, they're pretty darn good. Uh, they, they fill in a lot of the gaps in the Mass Effect universe, especially, you know, right around the time that the games are happening that we don't get to see. And for very obvious reasons, Shepard never appears in any of them. Because Shepard can be anybody that the player chooses them to be. So, you know, whenever people are referring to Shepard, they refer to them as Shepard. Because you can't use pronouns for a character who could be either gender and, like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Um, one of the more interesting ones, in my opinion, was the one called Evolution that detailed, some, like, you know, how the elusive man kind of became who he is and uh, a little bit of history for him. That was that was really good. Um, another one, the one that I'm reading through right now, is actually from the perspective of a Cerberus agent who we meet during the, um, the Mass Effect 3 Citadel DLC. And basically, it's a bunch of, like, backstories for a bunch of characters in the series, but from her perspective. So, like... Um, you remember how you meet Rex on the Citadel when he's uh, uh, on on contract to kill a guy? Mm-hmm. Well, she was there uh, before before you met Rex. She was around trying to prevent that guy from dying and extract information from him before you know Rex could kill him. Stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, you, you you get the story from a different perspective and uh, and it fills in the blanks. It's pretty nice. I think my favorite one so far <laughs> is Blasto. Eternity is forever. <laughs> it was a one-shot comic uh, about, you know, Blasto, the first Hanar Spectre, which in-universe is just a, you know, an entertainment franchise, you know, a big dramatic television series, essentially. Blasto. Blasto! And it always, yeah, I mean, it was amusing in the games, but man, it is ten times as funny in the comic. <laughs> because you actually are, like, essentially watching this movie. <laughs> this awful, awful, disrespectful movie. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, so, turns uh, so out... I'll get to read them soon. Yeah, and some sometimes, you know, tie-in comics and stuff like that are not really necessary for you to read, but if you are a big fan of Mass Effect, oh man, you are you should definitely read these comics. You will enjoy them, and they're actually kind of an essential part to knowing more about a lot of these characters. I'm excited, Dan. <laughs> Very excited. It's going to be fun. Alright, well do you have anything else? Not really, except for to promise yet again that, don't worry, this week I'll actually get around to playing those Telltale games that came out like three weeks ago. <laughs> also, and this time I and this time I'll actually have time because, you know, I, I have a presentation on Monday, a presentation on Tuesday, and then I'm essentially done for the semester. Mm. Awesome. Also, listeners, uh, guess what? It's weird thinking about this, but our next episode is our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. So if I could ask you all a favor to maybe send in some of your favorite moments from 8-Bit, some of the stupidest things that we've said or done and why you enjoyed well you don't even have to include why you enjoyed them just some of your favorite moments um, that would be awesome that way we can talk about them and kind of reminisce on our past 100 episodes next episode and and if we get enough of them who knows maybe we'll actually do a bit of a supercut for part Ron of the Hunt. show yeah so basically right here we're we're crowdsourcing the job that's usually ours of going back and listening through some of the episodes and finding some good jokes that we've made. I don't have a hundred hours to spend on on listening to podcasts, though. I, I, I've already got Dragon Age Inquisition to tackle. That's going to take at least a hundred hours. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And oh. I, as much as I hate to admit it, I don't really hate to admit that Dragon Age Inquisition is probably a better use of your time than going back and listening to our show. <laughs> That sounds like a magnificent game. It is. It really is. So, 
Yeah, send in your favorite stuff. Um, ooh, maybe we'll have to have some of our favorite guests on, like a huge multi-guest show. Oh, that would be crazy. And Get also, we have to call back. Dude, we have less than a week to contact these people and see if they're available. Oh, I can make things happen in a week. That's no biggie. All right, if you say so. Slap a cow, ram soth. Those all are the regulars. All the regulars. Those are our two most regular guests, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite JPM yet, but we will be having a special with him over J-Term, so that'll be Yeah, great. yeah, so no no pressure to get him on, I guess, soon. Yeah. He'll probably be busy anyway. I don't know if he has any recording stuff or would want to drive up to the cities. Mm-hmm. So. But so, this be prepared is for our 100th episode extravaganza next week. In the meantime, this is Nathan. Go ahead. And I'm Ian Decker. Are you ready, kids? No, not really. Oh, okay. Bye bye now. girl in the room with you that'll keep him away probably <laughs> really uh, really it doesn't even have to be specifically a girl just pretty much anybody else in the room unless it's somebody who knows exactly we don't count what if it's a girl with a mustache <laughs> well then he'll just be baffled ian yes I have a new nickname for you oh dear the big d <laughs> oh man <laughs> Oh, 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 man. <laughs> so we can actually say when she wants me, she wants the D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you, there you go. How have I never come up with that before? Like the most insignificant detail, you're going to try to mess with me. I remember insignificant details, okay? That's my job. Were you guys at a wedding together. No, we weren't. <laughs> or were we? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe before, <laughs> and you didn't show up. But we don't remember because you know drinking contests. Ex- mm. I don't remember at least. Well, it's a good thing there's two of you and one of me. The second buck. Now speaking of sticks, my boom keeps drooping. <laughs> you know they have pills for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Little blue one. I'm glad you enjoyed my contribution. <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that I'm going to start referring to my thing now as a boom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's time to go boom. <laughs> Ian, you got that boom boom? I got that boom boom pow. Let me get that boom boom pow. <laughs> all the right junk in all, all the right places. places. Because you know I'm all about that space, about that space, space travel. I'm all about that space, about that space, space travel. I'm all.